We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's the Labor Day sale at Ace. The perfect time to buy the latest grills from our exclusive lineup of premium brands. Right now, buy one of our select Traeger grills and get a free Traeger accessories package valued at over $85. Plus, Ace Rewards members get free assembly and delivery on our top grills and accessories, $3.99 and up. From our store, right to your door. Don't miss the Labor Day sale. Now through Monday, only at Ace. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions. And welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. I, as always, am your host, Eric Burkwall, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trade. Joined by my two co hosts, Nathan and Dan. Uh, Dan, a man who called Ricky Seals Jones a couple weeks ago. What's going on, guys? Um, I'm, I'm sat upon my pedestal here, um, kind of patting myself on the back as we speak. But I can't hear you from that ivory tower. What is it you're it's- saying? <laughs> it's nice getting a Tyreek Hill type call correct, like Nathan did. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Uh, I think that, I think we're now two for two on the Dynasty Tradecast here in the last uh, Deep Stash episodes <laughs> for the last two years. So, wait, wait, I mean... So, wait, you've already stuck the landing on this one after nine, I, nine, I think catch, you, nine targets and two TDs? No, like, not yeah. even nine targets. Nine snaps. <laughs> <laughs> two touchdowns. We're, we're counting it just like last year after Sterling Shepard had like four catches in a game and I counted that. Um, we just... We gotta, we gotta go with it, man. It happened and hopefully people realize that he actually is kind of a decent football player um, and he's crazy athletic for his size. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk more about it in the show. What's up? What's up, Nathan? Yes, what's up, my friends? Nathan, you look like you're in a dungeon. What is going on? Yeah, I don't know what's happening with Nathan. Let's just introduce the guest here. Uh, we're thrilled to be joined by Curtis Patrick, uh, senior writer at DLF. Uh, you also you also do PFF work, right there, Curtis? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Yep, uh, doing some redraft work and some uh, light DF, light to medium heavy DFS work at uh, Pro Football Focus. That's awesome. Uh, make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. You can find him at CPatrickNFL uh, on Twitter. So welcome aboard, my friend. Yeah, it's my, uh, I guess it's my maiden voyage upon the uh, USS 
Dynasty Trades cast. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, I mean, well, unfortunately, we're in season, so we can't play like Dynasty Shark Tank or anything fun. But I, as I see in the agenda here, Nathan has rolled out a drunk or not just for you. So you get a little bit of the fun. Can't wait. All right, with that being said, I want to let everyone know that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount uh, to Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content, and it helps support this podcast. Uh, So if you want to do that, you can contact us via email. That's rotovizradio at gmail.com, and you can find us on Twitter or DM the account on Twitter, and that's at rotovizradio. Okay, everybody, how did the week go? Everybody uh, butthurt here? No, doing doing quite well. Lots of lots of W's on the board, a couple of TBDs. Um, but the the dynasty world, uh, it was shook a little bit. It was an enjoyable week though, watching Nathan Peterman. Uh, <laughs> uh, so oh, good as a Ty- as a Tyrod fan, that was so good to watch. Oh, I loved it so much. I was for the, for the whole pretty much the whole day. I was I I made that stupid little meme that hey Peterman from Office Space. That's all I can think of now when I when I hear that guy's name or see it written. That's all I can think of. <laughs> hey, uh, a, a Nathan disappointing in an debut. I've never uh, heard that before. <laughs> a disappointing Nathan in general. <laughs> yeah, Big I was surprise. about to say debut is generous, my friend. Debut is generous. Big surprise. <laughs> Wait, so how many? Like, are, we're we're well on the path to playoffs. So I guess I guess Curtis, how are you looking for your dynasty playoffs? Uh, I should I should make them in all but one league. Uh, I have a, I have a, How many leagues is that? Like nineteen? So you got like eighteen leagues you're in? No, I've got I've got eight leagues right now that I'm playing. I've got a seven ten winning per- percentage across my portfolio. So that's so, pretty good. I'm doing pretty well right now. So pretty and and the team that's losing is supposed to lose. So that's good. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think well, I think we lost Nathan, so we're just going to keep rolling through the show right now. <laughs> what uh, about the? Uh, he's intimidated. What about yeah, the Twitter is. poll we we threw out there, Mister Bertloff? Oh yeah, so uh, this is called us mailing it in. Uh, is that, no, I'm sorry. We really thought long and hard about this, and we brought it up. Or Curtis told us we we argued for five minutes before the show and came up with this one. So uh, Twitter poll this week is discussing. Or is is between Derrick Henry and Samaje Piran. Um, for those of you that might not have caught the action this week, uh, Piran came in in lieu of Rob Kelly and uh, had a really really nice game. Uh, Henry's been kind of throttled by Demarco Murray's production uh, this year and kind of just in this constant timeshare. So uh, I guess I'll just kick it over to Curtis, our guest, and and ask him what side he's got and why. Oh, I'm I'm on the Derrick Henry side here. I I really don't like Pirine. I think I had him ranked like 13th in this rookie class coming out. Um, I would definitely, if I had any, I got, I need to double check. I don't think I have any, um, but I would definitely sell him. And the fact that almost a quarter of respondents in this early poll do prefer Pirine um, means that if I had a share, I would certainly be trying to flip him for a guy like Henry, even if I had to add maybe like a third rounder or something just to entice the other party and how about how about you young daniel um i I liked piran a little bit more i don't think um i don't think 13 to you know from the start of all of the rookie action was very far off for piran at all i think that's probably i I probably would have would have had henry a little bit higher up um pre-draft and and all of that um and i did like i did like piran obviously he's a little bit more limited um and not crazy explosive or anything like that, but he does just well enough. And obviously we have a potential super freak in Derrick Henry, but um, I, I think maybe the Titans are holding him back a little bit. Obviously he can't, he can't surpass DeMarco Murray, even with the injuries and, and the mediocre play at best. Um, I, I don't know that it's necessarily an indictment on him. I, I think it's more of a Mike Malarkey um, and them just forcing their hand and featuring DeMarco Murray. Um, but Honestly, I would take Pirine here at this point um, just because the fact that the Titans aren't wanting to use Henry more and more and more, um, it, it worries me a little bit on their thoughts of how he's progressing. Um, obviously, it could just be a coaching thing. Um, I don't think – I think Henry's more talented. I think Pirine has a p- potential for more points um, it, sooner. I, I, I just – I don't don't you worry that they didn't want to use – it seems like they didn't really want to use Pirine at all for the draft capital they gave him. And, I mean, now we're in the situation where 
this offseason, the reason P. Ryan's draft capital rose was because suddenly everybody had like the the uh, Jeremy Langford bug last year um, and started thinking about Rob Kelly busting out. And then suddenly this new rookie taking over and Jordan Howard in that analogy. Uh, I mean, isn't this what we were hoping for, where suddenly we get to see his uh, his value there? Yeah, I think I think he was held back a little bit in those rookie drafts too, because of Rob Kelly, but also because of Chris Thompson, and and now unfortunately well, not in rookie um, drafts because of Chris Thompson. Yeah. I don't think anybody was like Chris Thompson's going to happen this year. And if I mean, you it, did, it was it was an obvious cap on any sort of PPR work. You knew nobody was else was catching passes based on what Chris Thompson did last year. Um, he wasn't a huge huge you know monster like he was this year, but he still caught enough passes and put a big enough dent in there where I don't think anyone thought that one of these backs was going to catch passes. Um, it, it was a, a two down back basically. And now without Chris Thompson, um, we're going to get to see P Ryan featured in that main role. And I, I they might bring up um, um, Nathan, who are you talking to uh, or with Russell about uh, the great, Byron Marshall from Oregon. Yes, they might bring up Byron Marshall. I don't know if he's already been activated or if he's still on the practice squad or whatever. Um, and they All might right. bring him in to succeed in that role, or they might just start using Jamison Crowder. Um, but dynasty value-wise, we're kind of just diving into like season-long stuff. Um, dynasty value-wise, I think these guys are actually pretty close. Um, as stupid as that may sound, I was never super high on Derrick Henry, even though he's super intriguing. Uh, and I did like Samaj P. Ryan for what he was. I don't think he has tons and tons of upside, but it, I mean, there's there's not a lot to go on with Henry outside of his physical attributes. Interesting. I mean, Nathan, I guess tell me a little bit, bit about this Byron Marshall because I have ne- legitimately never heard that name in my life. So why don't you fill why don't you fill fill the listeners in on on him and give us your take on on the trade. Uh, Marshall was a uh, right running back wide receiver hybrid went undrafted uh, in last year's draft and he went to the Eagles and people thought okay he's going to learn under like the tutelage of Darren Sproles and I guess he did in a way uh, but now he uh, got picked off the practice squad from Philly and now he's in Washington I believe he's on the active roster there and so I, I think that I mean for me it's more of just a complete like maybe they'll end up using him in that Thompson role but I think it's more likely they just end up giving more carries to to uh P. Ryan, and I, I do like Dan's take of maybe this gets Crowder a little bit more involved. Speaking to the, the poll itself, we all know I'm, I'm a Henry guy. I mean, yeah. you know, on this very podcast, we basically called P. Ryan barely rosterable like a couple weeks ago. And to go from that to comparing him to one of the better running back prospects we've seen in recent memory, yes, Henry's had a slow start to his career. Yes, the Titans might, might be holding him back a bit. The only way where you can go P. Ryan in this situation is if you're like, okay, it's a one year only deal. I'm not worried about the production of these two running backs past this year because I think that Henry will much more likely to have the long term uh, starting role in an offense than P. Ryan will. P. Ryan will get supplanted by a free agent running back, a rookie running back. Um, I think that P. Ryan scores more points the rest of the year, but I think that's really the only place that he beats Henry. I totally agree, Nathan. I mean, Derrick Henry is actually ranked eighth. And PFF elusive rating, which is, you know, the measure of, you know, what the back's creating for himself beyond the point of being helped by blockers. I mean, he's just not getting the opportunity. Like he's, he's doing very well when he does get the, when he does get the touches. But I think the team is just hell bent on squeezing every penny out of that DeMarco Murray contract and preserving Henry's future uh, ability to carry a heavier load when Murray is gone. So I mean, it's really frustrating to own Henry because, you know, you just, I own him several places. You want to see him, you want to see him banging, but um, you just may have to wait until next year. I mean, I, I actually think I agree about 100% with you on this one, Nathan, that, you know, P. Ryan outscores him the rest of the year. But I mean, I, I would almost rather flip him now just off of this one, you know, 100 yard performance because if he follows it up with a stinker, I mean, I mean, it's just, it could potentially be a really, really tiny cell window. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, Curtis, that was going to be one of my questions for you is, is I mean, because there's definitely a gamble always when you're selling, especially somebody who's got this much opportunity is, is now the time you would sell, you would sell Pirine or, and you just answered the question, but would like, is, I guess, is anybody waiting a couple weeks to see, you know, like him blow up a couple more of these games and the value rise and, and same, I guess I'll ask across the board and, and just maybe in quick format answers is how much value are you? Are you bestowing upon P Ryan? Uh, what are you What are you hoping to sell him for, or or 
buy him for in Dan's case. Yeah, I mean, ho- holding a player, I mean, trading or not trading a player, I mean, there's risk either way, like uh, not pursuing every single trade opportunity uh, or buy opportunity if it's a guy that's slumping. I mean, you're going to pay the penalty for <laughs> for whatever your decision is every single week. But, I, I mean, I don't even think, in, in the totally rosiest of situations, you know, what, what would his upside story be? I mean, you talked about Jordan Howard um, last year. And, yeah. you know, P, P, P Ryan had what 30 hold on I think I had it pulled up here he had 40 receptions in three years at Oklahoma you know he was a featured two uh two down uh back there didn't really get any of the receiving work because of Joe Mixon and you know I I just don't when, when the team has Chris Thompson I mean tell me make a compelling argument why they would take away any targets from a guy who's been so efficient and so productive and effective in Thompson next year and give him to P Ryan just to keep him on the field for three downs. I mean, it doesn't really make any sense from a, from a coaching perspective. He hasn't shown to have good hands. He's actually had ball security issues um, just even when running the ball. So I I guess I just don't really, I don't really view him as a long-term asset and, you know, range of possible outcomes that I'm wrong. I mean, he could definitely carve out a two down role moving forward, but I just really don't see him projecting to a three down role. So I'd much rather flip him. Uh, you know, for the opportunity to draft somebody in this coming class uh, that could potentially be, you know, a three down back. So I think you asked the question about, you know, what would I take or if I did own him based on this poll, this Henry poll. I mean, I think there's going to be plenty of people out there clamoring to give their mid, maybe even early second round picks for him. And that's plenty for me. I'm not going to be greedy, you know, when it's a guy I don't believe in. Yeah, I think this is actually a rare case of with a rookie player. If you're if the people who are trading for him right now, they're not thinking, "Oh, this rookie is going to be a stud on my uh, team for so long." This is purely a buy win now play. You know, pursuing Samaj P. Ryan, and then okay, if he ends up being good in the long term, then you know that's an added bonus, especially at his price point. You know, investing in early second is your. I mean, yes, like for some that might be considered a decent amount, especially for P. Ryan. But it, that's not enough to say, oh, like you're, you're completely busted if, you know, he ends up not doing anything past this year. Totally. I mean, it, well, so, and if you're a contender are you, and you're at the trade deadline, are you, are, are you trying to make a deal for a second? And I know, Dan, I, I know that's probably a price tag for you. But in that inverse situation, because I think we all agree if the ship is on the line here, P. Ryan holds a lot of value in his current situation. I think for uh, for contenders, a second's a a steal for potential potential points going down the stretch. Um, and, and Curtis, just a minute ago, you asked for kind of an argument towards why it would be Pirine, um, even considering when Chris Thompson will come back next year and take that that passing down work again. Um, it's points now, and and for me, running back, even in dynasty, points now matter more than points future. Waiting on running back is not something I'm okay to do unless it's um, an IR designation holding them back or whatever. Um, We're going to be in year three and we still don't know if Derrick Henry is going to be able to handle the workload. Yes, he's flashed. Yes, he's looked good occasionally. But if we're looking at at running back in any format, we need production now. Waiting on production for running backs is just, it's not really worth it because now at this point, we're looking at somebody who's going to be producing and is going to gain value with his production. So even if he puts up a stinker next week, we at least got some sort of value out of him. Um, And we don't know that 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 future value is going to be there for Derrick Henry. If they keep feeding DeMarco Murray and Henry gets six to 10 touches every game, you don't know what you're getting. And it's just kind of a constant, all right, well, it's always next week and it's always next week. And then next year. So I I just think, I think for me points with running back matter now, whereas with wide receivers, I'm way more um, willing to wait on them because wide receivers a lot of times take time to get into that shape. Whereas running backs, if they're not putting up points early, and we're seeing that production, they're not really worth much. All right, let me let me cap it there, um, and just uh, and let's let's dive into the rest of the show here. But um, that, that's an interesting discussion, uh, and I think I think there is definitely some some points there on both sides. So uh, diving into the show, week eleven, uh, probably the funnest storyline of the if unless you were a Bills fan, which probably then it wasn't so fun, uh, was uh, was Nathan Peterman going in with the Tyrod benching. Nathan Peterman going in and just literally lighting himself on fire in Tenement Square, just five 
five five interceptions just gg pulled him out of the game and tyrod's like oh did you need something and comes back in and plays his old conservative like middle of the road quarterback self for the second half oh he's so peterman's so bad he's so <laughs> bad and people are like oh you're gonna condemn him you're gonna condemn him over over you know x amount it's, yes we are because we knew he wasn't <laughs> going into it and Tyrod's just good enough and has plenty of rushing upside. So as in like the fantasy community, we're like, no, what are you doing? Because, you know, Tyrod's a nice QB too. And yeah, QB one sometimes. <laughs> a lot of times QB one. Right, a lot of like... times. And even even how conservative he is, you're, he's still putting up points. So for us as, as the fantasy community, it was like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. I, I think, I, think uh, I know Jeff Miller was a big Tyrod guy too. Um, thinking back to like rankings, having him as like QB nine or ten or something like that in, in dynasty rankings, and and I was right there with him. And now it's like, okay, now they're gonna play some dude that that completed more passes to the other team than to his own team. Well, I just I don't get it. I mean, there's no, there's no dynasty uptake here. Uh, there's no dynasty I don't think take here other than it's clear Tyrod ain't going back next year because. No, they clearly don't want him there, and it's clear Peterman is on on your dynasty waiver wire, like starting today. <laughs> yeah, anybody got a different take? I guess. <laughs> I I think that I mean, if you're gonna look for a silver lining for Bills fans, it would be that if they know that they're gonna depart from Tyrod Taylor, you're not gonna enter the season with Nathan Peterman as your starting quarterback next year. At least you know that after this game, because if you have, you know, Peterman benched his entire rookie year, there could have been a chance that, okay, they let Tyrod go, and then they enter week one of 2018 with Peterman as their starter. Not going to happen now. They'll invest again, whether it's in the draft or in free agency in the offseason. Yeah, EJ Manuel should be a free agent, so that should be perfect for (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I got to share a Peterman tweet uh, that I saw while the game was going on that just killed me. So this was tweeted at... 5.58 5.58 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, I think it was at halftime of that game. Tom Brady, five interceptions since January 24th, 2016. Nathan Peterman, five INTs since 4 o'clock Eastern Time. <laughs> <laughs> I and read it several times and it killed me. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ty, Tyrod, is, uh, he's fantasy QB 14 so far this year. He'll probably drop to 15th after Matt Ryan um, – puts his I think he only needs 13 points to pass him tonight so he should do that um I, I think it makes Tyrod more probably even more interesting um and particularly in Superflex, just based off of kind of playing the uh where is he going to land game you know it, he he may be worth nothing um but you know if you were to try to picture what maybe he could do in in a Jacksonville situation or something like that um which which is what like in terms of scheme Buffalo South um, but you at least kind of know what he would be bringing you. So if, if the owner, you know, is wanting to punt him or something, I think maybe even like a late second in super flex, I might be willing to, to gamble on him, but in single QB, I mean, I'm just pretty much not interested at this point now that he's been benched. I mean, I, I'm, I'll hop in and just say, I, I would not sell Tyrod for a late second in super flex. I think I would need, I think I would need a, an early first it, it might borderline on a late first or i'm sorry early early second late first yeah. um i mean I'm saying that's I, my buy point not my yeah, oh, sure yeah yeah gotcha. I, I, I mean I, I buying him i would be happy to pay i, I think i would be happy to pay an early. like if i had locked in the 201 i think i would be happy in super flex if i needed it because he will start somewhere next season he certainly should. I don't know that we can say he absolutely will because we've seen this kind of crap happen before. But um, I mean, he's clearly yeah. not toxic locker room guy. Like he's, no, he's no, like, no, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't going like... Kaepernick. <laughs> I wasn't going Kaepernick route. Um, yeah, no. I, I I still love Tyrod. I still think he's got plenty of upside. I really hope that they don't put Peterman back in, even though I think the Bills are just stupid enough too. Um, so That's I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we were some, he was being dropped in some one QB leagues. Like, I mean, I'll take him for free. I'd even probably give up a, a late third or a fourth if somebody just really wanted to dump him just because he's worth having that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Buffalo's <laughs> Buffalo doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all year they haven't made sense. Curtis mentioned Tyrod to Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville has become the new, okay, every running back and wide receiver to New England, every quarterback to Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it, man. I'm, I'm sure there'll be another another uh, person to rumor there next week, but it is it is fun because it's just so, just so obvious. You know, it's what they need. 
It's just so obvious. So, I mean, uh, in New England, we got to be more specific. It's every white wide receiver to New England. It's not every, <laughs> it's not every receiver. Let's be oh, real. Man. Actually, no, Brandon Cooks, there was fumes beforehand. So, <laughs> that's, I, I, I'll give credit where it's due. I mean, to be fair, Blake Bortles just might Trent Dilfer his way to a Super Bowl. Let's, uh, let's, oh, let's yuck. <laughs> okay. Mm. All right. Well, there, there was some, there's some fun. Um, all right, let's dive in. Let's talk another qu- a quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, what what are we doing with him? He had a, he had an okay game. Um, he's played what five six games at this point, and six, has yeah. uh, six games at this point, and, and it's has looked. I mean, it, John Fox has him on a tight leash, and he's looked subpar, but not necessarily. He didn't go. He didn't go full Nathan Peterman. You never do that, and also. <laughs> We should we should totally use this as a verb. You don't want to Peterman yourself. Oh, are you just man. gonna su- are you just gonna substitute Pal in there one time to see if he catches it? <laughs> <laughs> Never go full Pal. Yeah, I uh, I put Trubisky on here because I thought it was interesting. I I heard I was seeing and reading a comparison to Jared Goff's rookie season, and I don't quite get that. Jared Goff's rookie season was catastrophically bad. I think yes. that that I think that the Goff comparison is something to try and you know towards year two but Trubisky has looked like good enough to like be an NFL quarterback at least he's obviously being like restricted by his head coach and restricted by his offense his wide receivers are people that worked at Home Depot two weeks ago so I had a gas station night shift manager joke ready man like <laughs> you literally are thinking the same way that's so funny that's so funny oh, true uh, hey okay here's a good one Trubisky, since he took over as starter, he's second in the NFL in QB rushing yards. Did you know that? Yeah, he's, 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 he's just Cam. Cam Cam's yeah, the only buddy. one in front of him since he took over as a starter. I mean, he might. This might be like a secret Konami code uh, deal here. I mean, he's got like Alex Smith. Yeah, I mean, he's got 163 yards rushing in six games. He's got. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of passing touchdowns yet, but I mean, Nathan, <laughs> a nice overview of what he's throwing to. He does still have a. Uh, I guess two to one touchdown interception ratio. It's four to two, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think given the system, given what's around him, I, I think he's performed admirably. And you know, I starting to show a little bit of chemistry with Adam Shaheen, second round pick from this year. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm kind of interested in Trubisky. I, you know, I always liked uh, Shaheen. So especially if Fox is gone, I mean, I think this might be an attractive spot for head coaching candidates. They're going to see. Um, what Trubisky's done in a very you know limited offense, and 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 want to see what they can get out of him. Yeah, I mean, I guess that begs the question of, I mean, because I'm on board with you. I, I think that the Trubisky's a buy, or at least I think that's what you're saying is right now. I don't think the I don't think the perception on Twitter and in dynasty communities right now is that Trubisky will pan out as a quarterback or has high upside as a quarterback. Um, and I and I think if you ask this this time of year with golf, you'd get laughed out of the room, and then Jeff Fisher goes away, and suddenly golf's a valid QB two, uh, late late QB one in in dynasty circles. So I mean, what are the prices we're paying, or are we trying to go out and and, and buy Trubisky if we can in a in a super flex league, or in a, I mean, single single QB league is a bit of a stretch maybe, but what are we what are we shopping for in a super flex league? I don't know that I'm. I don't know that I'm in in buying mode quite yet. Um, it, it's tough, kind of like last year um, with with golf. I mean, it, Nathan, you brought up the the comparison, and I think I think the coaching thing actually makes it a decent comparison, even though that the prospects themselves aren't a great comparison. Looking at it, I, I think the Rams were so gross with Fisher, and then now I mean nobody saw what McVay was is doing to happen, but um, I, I think I, I'm just kind of playing a wait and see, and if if I miss, I miss, but. I think we need to see something else change in Chicago and it might be a good time to just go throw out a, a, a mid round pick dart throw. If someone, you know, maybe is kind of lush at quarterback or is maybe kind of soured on him a bit, even, even though he really hasn't played bad. I know, I know Curtis alluded to that. He, he definitely hasn't played bad and especially considering what's surrounding him. So I think maybe just going out and throwing, you know, a, a second, just to see, just throw a dart and see if somebody picks up on it because, I mean, the upside is definitely there. We just need to see someone scheme him in better. And I don't know what on earth John Fox is doing there, but he's got to he's got to go so bad. He's I know. Close. 
we see a lot of Chicago Twitter putting up uh, the Firefox symbol as their avatars on Twitter. <laughs> it's, that's pretty. That's pretty good, and I'm I'm all on board with that. And and I don't know that many people are even watching Chicago games outside of Bears fans at this point because of how bad it's been. So um, maybe the fact that people aren't watching him makes it a good a good buy. Just yeah, just just because of what, that. What, what 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 specific valuation in two QB leagues would you be hoping to either sell or buy for? I certainly um, wouldn't be wouldn't be trying to sell Trubisky right now, uh, because there's no way you can get more than what you paid. You you paid you know that 108 109 range for him, maybe one one ten, and I think that the move you try to make when buying is if you have like an early second, throw an early second and a mid third out there, and that way the person who's receiving the offer doesn't say, oh well that's way less than I I, I even paid for him a couple couple weeks ago or and that, or months ago, and he hasn't done much to d- decline in value, so. I think that you have to throw a little bit sweetener on top, even if it's something as simple as a middle third round pick. But that's a totally fair price for somebody we think could be a starting quarterback for at least the next couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I'm all on board. I like that. I like that price. And he's not even universally owned in single QB. Uh, we, no. and, uh, I've got Dynasty Command Center going, and I, I mean, I had a bunch of people say that they added him for free uh, in the last couple of weeks. So. I mean, if it's deeper than 20 roster spots, he should be on. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I completely agree. Okay, so transitioning from someone who is drafted second overall in this uh, most recent draft, we might as well talk about everyone's favorite new app, Draft. Um, we've got, it's, a, it's a daily fantasy site or, or app, depending on uh, if you're using your phone or your computer. And it's, there's new drafts happening every couple of minutes. It's awesome. You hop in, you make your picks, you throw a few bucks in. And one of the best parts is right now, if you, if you use our promo code of RV radio, you can get yourself a free game. So you can find out if you like it and you will, you'll love it. It's so much fun. They've got, they've got it up and down. There's different valuation or values. So you can play, you know, a dollar, you can play $20. It's, it's only a thousand dollars if you want. I've seen it. Yeah, well, you know, most of us aren't lush like you, though, Eric. I'm Eric. not playing those games, full disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very fun. And for, you know, most of the fantasy community, we all love to to, to draft. That's that's why they made this. That's what it's for, because drafting is so much fun. We all do mocks, and we all do this. And, and, and now you can actually play daily fantasy, but physically draft rather than just, you know, budget up. A lineup so it, it's so much fun guys remember to use rv radio as your promo code up in there get a free game with your first deposit and enjoy and win some money yeah so that's uh to follow up with dan there just search draft in the app store go to playdraft.com and come play with the free promo code uh rv radio and get a free game all right let's dive into a guy who's kind of slumping started off red hot this season and was the talk of everything uh, and that is Kareem Hunt. He had another, um, I wouldn't call it a bad game, but just really average game for a rookie running back uh, and has not uh, not looked his two TDs, 150-yard self from the first couple weeks. Uh, what are, what? Are, I guess I'll just kick over. What are we doing with Kareem Hunt, guys? Kansas City's bipolar, I think. The, the, way, the way they started this football season compared to where they're at now is – I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, we've seen this from Andy Reid of late. Uh, it just it seems like he just forgets how to coach or forgets what the hell he's doing out there. And it's it's honestly amazing to me how you can you can watch this team for the first what five or six weeks and they were just unbelievable. That offense was high flying and and they could you know force teams to pass on them. And now it's just. Like they don't remember what that what that was. They they forgot to run those plays. They threw that playbook away, and and it's affecting you know kind of everybody. We're still seeing Travis Kelsey you know get the the catches in the yards, um, and and Tyreek Hill's been pretty good, but Kareem Hunt's just like slowly gone down Hitland, just kind of plateaued, and and again it just goes to show you not to overreact to something that's happening. I definitely did because I, I wasn't a super big Kareem Hunt guy to start the season and watching him those first few weeks just it made me think of Jamal Charles, Jamal Charles, Jamal Charles and I just I wanted to get in there and fortunately I didn't buy any shares because I sent out some pretty expensive offers to get him but obviously not expensive enough. So I still think, you know, he's he's going to be an RB1 
we just need some consistency in Kansas City, and I think that's what I'm most worried about. I mean, he's he's ranked as uh, PFF's number two most elusive runner this year. He's eighth in yards per pass route run. He's only dropped one of his 36 catchable targets. He has the uh, the most 15-yard runs out of anyone in the NFL with 12. And that is a list that you want to be on. I mean, the guys behind him are Shady, Ingram, Jordan Howard, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley. Um, you know, by, by any objective measure, he's been very effective um, all season. You know, it's just he's his his opportunity isn't where some of the other guys are. You know, for somebody that Crazy. started the season um, so hot, you know, he's he's only being given the eleventh most valuable opportunities. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Scott Barrett's actual opportunity work, but um, you know, he's got the eleventh most valuable opportunity rate of any of the running backs in the NFL, which is pretty ridiculous considering that he was so key to how they started uh, so hot in those first four weeks of the season. You know, I mean, he's RB1 through four weeks, and he's he's been the RB14 since week five. So, you know. What do you have, like four carries at half this week? Something like that? It's, something it's, gross? it's really frustrating. And, you know, the big the big issue for him is that when he, you know, what do you have, 80-some yards this week? If he had just uh, had one plunge, we wouldn't be talking about it. Um, but, you know, the, the touchdown is the big difference, and he just hasn't been able to find the end zone. Um, that's been the difference you know, the last couple weeks, I feel like, is that's that's the reason we're having this conversation. And uh, I think a buy low window is starting to present itself here is because he just can't he's not getting the, the opportunity to score a touchdown. Yeah, I think it's been six weeks, uh, maybe. Yeah, I think it's been six games since he scored a touchdown. So, um, you know, I, I think it's it's a little bit of variance. It's a little bit of the Chiefs um, maybe trying to say maybe maybe they self-identified during the bye week or something. Um, over the course of the season that, hey, we're not really the team that we were during the first four weeks and we got some lucky breaks. So we need to learn other ways that we can play. We don't know what we're going to see in the playoffs. I mean, Andy Reid has, you know, he's he's a playoff veteran as a coach and you want to see the different types of things that your team can do. Unfortunately for us, it's been at the, ex, you know, the expense of Kareem Hunt. But you know, I still think he's, you know, he's a, a top five dynasty back right now. I mean, I, I would pay that price for him still. I think in terms of, um, you know, where would I rank him maybe against the incoming class? I mean, I think he's right there, like at, at 102, uh, 102, 103. So, I mean, I'm a believer just because he's been so effective, even though the fantasy production hasn't maybe followed suit, um, you know, of, of all these different efficiency metrics. So I, I'm definitely going to be patient with them. What is, what are you, I mean, if you're trying, because like I mentioned a buying window and I feel like that's the case. I mean, what are we, because I, I, I agree with you, Curtis. I, I think that there's still a lot to really like about him. And the price tag has probably gone down from that two first price tag you had originally. What is the price tag that you're hoping to take a shot at acquiring him for? I'd give somewhere on the range of like a mid first, a mid second, a mid third, like first, second, third. Uh, to go down from that price tag of two first. I, I think that it's just a case of he, his his production is going the way of the Chiefs offense. At the beginning of the season, the Chiefs offense was playing way over their head, playing above their talent level and scoring too many points. That goes down and the t- touchdown stop. And, you know, at some point, this Chiefs offense is going to recover and, you know, be, you know, a top eight to 10 NFL offense, which what we thought they would be entering the season. So... <clears throat> I think that it's only a matter of time for those touchdowns to come. We've se- we've seen so many times touchdown regression of oh this guy has eight weeks without a touchdown, and then he has like four straight touchdown games. So um, it, it's all it's always important to uh, you know buy the guys who aren't scoring touchdowns, sell the guys who are, even if that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, that seems that seems fair. I think I think um, if it was just you know going out and making an offer for a for a first round pick. I think I'd probably be in that 103, 104 range. Um, I still think I'd rather have Barkley and Geis. Uh, I might even start talking about one of the wide receivers, but I think knowing what he can do, knowing the, the type of offense that he's in and, and the team that he's with, I, I, think, I think you just kind of have to, to have him at that high value. And I don't know that that gets him. Um, people are still pretty enamored with him. The guys that were high on him to start the year um, owned him for the most part, because most of those guys were getting him in rookie drafts and then they watched him explode and they either sold really, really high, which was smart um, because you were getting, you know, a high end wide receiver ones like crazy. And, and now, you know, we, we look back and think, Oh, well, maybe that was a bad idea, but I don't think it really was. I think, I think I'm with Curtis. I think he's, 
he's probably in that top five to seven range. Um, and I don't know that you can really argue that even with the, the incoming class um, and the rookie, the rest of the rookies performing this year, I still think I might prefer Leonard Fournette, but it's really, really close. It, I probably wouldn't trade one for the other. I mean, if before the season we knew that after 10 games, he was going to have over 1200 total yards and six touchdowns, you'd say smash hit. And you know that he's going to be oh, Andy Reid's running back for the foreseeable future. And Reid has been, for the most part, a fantasy boon to running backs. So I think it's just staying away from, you know, staying away from this down this downturn, and you know, kind of ignoring some of the narratives. And you know, the the best time to buy is when maybe people are getting a little frustrated. So you know, that's that's my take. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, Devontae Adams, a uh, guy who I apparently own literally no shares of because he's been exploding and I did not even know it. Uh, I looked at the uh, the Packers game, the game scores, and I'm like, woof. Uh, they get shut out and he still puts up scores. So um, I guess let's talk about Devontae Adams and what we're hoping to do with him. Hold. Hold, hold, hold. This is your Green Bay Packers wide receiver one for the foreseeable future. If Aaron Rodgers is healthy – this he's and even if he's not healthy we've seen Brent Hundley feed him he focuses on him he does not take his eyes away from Devontae Adams um and you know the Rodgers and and uh Jordy Nelson connection has been crazy for the last however many years um but Jordy's getting a little bit older uh this is one more half year without Rodgers and I, I think the transition's coming like it has come with the Packers in the last decade you know he went from Donald Driver to Greg Jennings to Jordy Nelson and now it's Devontae Adams um I think he is that guy I think he's been that good obviously he struggled early in his career with you know focusing it, it was it was a real struggle and there was a lot of leagues where I was getting him as a throw-in into trades and watching all of the the gifts on Twitter of of the the ball hitting the little girl in the face and going through her arms or the puppy trying to do a backflip, catching its toy and it landing on its head and the toy bouncing away. Um, <laughs> those, those are just what we, what we kind of correlated to Devonte Adams, but uh, he's definitely a hold for me. I'll buy if I can, but I, I think most people are probably catching up and realizing that he is, he's, he is the Green Bay Packers wide receiver one now. All right. What about specific valuation, Dan? Um, you start up, Dan, I think, because I think that's more actionable. I would say he's an early to mid wide receiver too right now. Um, I might even dive in and say late wide receiver one, but I don't think I'm ready to do that yet. I still think I'd come up with at least a dozen guys I'd prefer, um, but he's definitely rising up there. And and I think I think the big turn, and we'll see if he gets into that conversation, will happen this offseason um, and what they do with, with some of their aging guys or, or whatever it happens to be. I, I, but I think he's definitely in that conversation. Yeah, for me, I think that he's he's and there's a lot of guys that have performed well this year that have entered this conversation, but I think he's entered that late second, early third round range of, of startups that happen early this offseason. So I, I think that, you know, he's a guy that has performed really well and he has the quarterback. It, it's so funny to have like a quarterback of the future who's like 33, 34 years old, but that's the case in Green Bay. So I, I think that, uh, you know, Adams is a pretty safe floor going forward and his ceiling is always going to be pretty high as well in that offense. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in Adams now. I, I was cautious, you know, because of his early season struggle, early career struggles. But, you know, now that he's basically dominating with Brett Hundley, the guy is the real deal. Yeah, I totally agree. I just checked. Uh, I just checked the ADP mock ADP uh, from November. Looks like the community is taking him at thirty three overall, so mid to late third. I would say that that's that's too low. Um, around. Yeah, I mean it is about around low. I, I was going to say he's more of a more of a mid to late second for me. He's my wide receiver twelve in dynasty right now. Um, so maybe I'm just a tiny bit higher even than Dan. It sounds like Dan likes him a lot too. Um, I mean, he's his, his quarterback's rating, you know, when targeting Adams, he's number four in the NFL this year, you know, uh, his quarterbacks have a rating of 118.7 when targeting Adams. And he's that's, got that's six, something you can't argue with, right? That, that is, you can't. You and that's, argue. that's with both of these quarterbacks. That's not just Aaron Rodgers. That's Brett Hundley. Um, who's been otherwise pretty much, you know, I mean, pedestrian would be probably kind except when he's targeting Adams. You know, Adams has 620 yards and six touchdowns despite this topsy-turvy season. I mean, I, I'm all in on him. I, I think 
you know, he's not just a hold, he's a buy until this mock startup ADP and, and trade valuation corrects. Okay, so what what's your what what with your higher ranking, Evan Curtis, what are you but I guess if you had two to three I mean, is he two two firsts? Is he le- slightly less than two firsts? Is he the one oh one? I guess where is he at for you? Um two two rent maybe just slightly below two random firsts. Um, I mean, he's right there. I mean, he's right there around kind of the Kareem Hunt range for me. I mean, they almost have they have pretty similar values for me right now. I, I don't think if I had the one hundred one, I'd send it just not necessarily because I don't like Adams to that degree. I just think I could get more than Adams um, if I was sending the one hundred one. So it's, I guess you know everything's situation specific. But um, I yeah, it's probably fair to say he's he's really close to two random first, and and I would pay two late first for him. I'd pay two random first. I, I don't have two random firsts in any league, and I never will, but I would absolutely pay that valuation. What about the man who always has two random firsts in a league? <laughs> <laughs> it's so I, true. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, it, there, there's never really a such thing as a random first. Uh, I would have to be absolutely sure that those firsts were not going to end up like top three. But yeah, I'd give, I'd give like the 107 and 109 for him. All right, all right. Let's move on to another dynamic playmaker who's been uh, been injured here, and that's Corey Coleman for the Browns. Finally came back from IR um, and looked like the the only beacon of hope until Josh Gordon arrives and saves the day. So, uh, I guess what are we doing, Corey Coleman? I think even Ryan McDowell made a tweet today uh, saying, basically showing a graph for how criminally undervalued Corey Coleman is in Dynasty. Uh, what are we What are we doing with Corey Coleman? What are our takes on him? Uh, does this performance coming back change anything for you? Eric, Corey Coleman has not been undervalued in my leagues because I own every single share and no one has tried to buy him <laughs> once. <laughs> so uh, I love me some Corey Coleman. Uh, I, I, I am not looking forward to the return of Josh Gordon because I think that will stunt his growth if you know he actually comes back and plays well. Uh, but as of now, I'm loving me some Corey Coleman. Uh, I think that he's a good buy right now, but I think he'll be a better buy once Josh Gordon gets to the field. Totally agree with that. I, I've I've transitioned into a Corey Coleman guy. I did like him, um, you know, before his rookie year and, and everything. And even though he's he's struggled with some injuries and and all of that, he's he's looked good when he's been on the field. Um, this last week, he looked he looked, I mean, more than capable. I don't know that he's a, a true one in an offense. I think he'd work better with someone across from him. Um, but, I mean, he, he's a very talented player, and um, I don't obviously like him as much as Nathan does. I don't think anyone does. But I have plenty of shares pretty much every league I don't play with Nathan in, which is not that many. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's exciting to have him back. Um, I, I think the Browns are about to get a whole lot better. Um, they've got him to lean on if they can – if Hugh can somehow figure out the running backs and realize that Duke Johnson is significantly better than Isaiah Crowell. And once they get Josh Gordon back, that team could be a, a real threat. And, and if Deshaun Kaiser grows um, and that defense continues to get better, this, this Browns team is no longer going to be a laughing stock. I remember we talked about it preseason and made bets about how many wins they would have. Yeah, I think um, they got to win out for me to break even at this point. So, uh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, no, they're, they're, getting, they're getting there. Uh, I, I think they might be still tanking a little bit, you know, taking advantage of these last few first-round picks that they're going to have until they get really good. And, uh, yeah, Corey Coleman's um, going to be a good buy. Like Nathan said, I think that was a, a very smart take <clears throat> for once. Um, and once Josh Gordon comes back, he's going to be – He's going to be, you know, his value is going to drop and, and he's going to be much easier to get. I, I think after he has a good game like he did this week, he's kind of tough to go and just try to steal from somebody. You're a week too late. You should have been buying while he was uh, on the IR. And, um, and yeah, I'm kind of excited to see him. I mean, that's a general rule, I think, across the board is if you believe in somebody's talent, targeting them when they've been on the IR for a bit is always a solid strategy uh, because it is incredible how short-term memory this entire community is so uh, <laughs> it is uh, yeah for like a, a game that we're supposed to be playing for the next 10 years it's amazing how six weeks off will make somebody want to sell somebody for literally nothing uh, uh Devonte adams a great example of that right right like, curtis do you have any fun fun uh stats on cory coleman 
I mean, he hasn't been on the field to accrue any stats. Come so. on, man. Oh, um, come on, bro. This is right, though. So here's the thing. I mean, I am, I'm a Central Ohioan, okay? So I've, I've been a Browns fan my entire life. So I I'm think, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no wonder you took out the fantasy. Yeah, my, I think my dad hates me. So I'm not sure why he would want to pass that on. But anyway, so here's my problem with Coleman. It's not that I don't like him. I was really excited when the Browns drafted him. Um, I think he's got the type of profile that in kind of the, this new age where you, you can't put your hands on the receiver, he's perfect for that. And I think there was you know a few that maybe compared him to having some similarities with uh, OBJ in terms of skill set when he's coming out. And you know I don't think that that's entirely inaccurate. My problem is he plays in Cleveland, and you know everyone always wants to get excited. You know every time they get you know, a new fancy skill player. And until they get the guy under center, it doesn't really matter. And, you know, an example of what I think might happen with Coleman, and this this would maybe be, it's not a best case scenario, but, you know, maybe a positive scenario, I guess, is, you know, for a couple of years to follow that have been kind of what Devontae Parker's done. I mean, the Dolphins haven't figured out their quarterback situation, but the Browns would kill to have had Ryan Tannehill for the last couple of years. And, you know, Parker's been a guy that's been dinged up a little bit. They have similarly high first-round draft pedigree. And, you know, Parker is enticing at times, but you can't depend on him in, in fantasy at all. And But he's, you know, continued to kind of preserve his value. And I think that's that's what I foresee for Coleman. Um, because even if the Browns pick their guy next year, you know, it's not like Coleman's going to become a wide receiver one with whatever, you know, rookie quarterback the Browns overdraft next year. So it's not that I don't like him, but, you know, he's 23. It might be 25 before we see what he's really capable of. And when I see, you know, guys that are ranked in a similar cohort to him, you know, like like Mike Williams, who gets to play with Philip Rivers for a couple of years, or, you know, Juju, who gets to, you know, never draw the opposing team's top corner, um, you know, for you know, at least till what, 2020, when they be signed through, you know, guys like this who are, you know, early in their career and have much rosier situations, I'd you know really like to pivot to one of them versus holding Coleman. All right. Well, uh, with pivot in mind, why don't we go ahead and pivot over to a drunk or not? Uh, looks like Nathan is so drunk he can't read his piece of paper, so I have to kick it over <laughs> to Dan. Uh, well, Dan, I think it's smart to kick to me because I was the beneficiary uh, on this. On this, um, I, I'm not going to say because I have a very strong feeling one way or the other. Um, He's slur- slurring his text messages to you. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> the the uh, drunk or not that we haven't played in a while, but um, yeah. So Nathan and I made a trade just the other day. It was uh, me receiving Keenan Allen and Michael Floyd, just, you know, to balance rosters and Nathan receiving OJ Howard, Curtis Samuel, uh, 2018 third, which will be uh, very late and a 2019. 2019- oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. You're good. A 2018 third, a 2018 third that will be very late, and a 2019 first that we we don't project, you know, two years out. But this very well could be a 101, so there is some good value there. And then there was a condition that if I finish top two in the league, I also send Nathan a second because I'm currently in first in that league and just got significantly better. Um, or I would send him an extra third if I finish. I believe it was third. Um, so. Was Nathan, you want to go through this? Uh, were you drunk or not? Do we want to take some guesses? Do you want to explain yourself? What do we want to do here? Well, for everyone who is screaming, Nathan's an idiot. Nathan made a win later trade for the 87th time in his life, <laughs> or 170th time in his life. Why don't you um, tell him how many firsts you have in that in that league? Uh, Ten. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the next Lord, Nathan. What's the matter with you? Um, but, but that's beside the point. Uh, my thinking in this trade, tight end premium league, OJ Howard, we've seen it on the, the, he's had a few really good games and he's looked like, you know, the type of talent that could get into that, like Kelsey, basically Kelsey's really the only one in that, in that tier just after Gronk, maybe Ertz as well. So I think that Howard has flashed enough to, to warrant this type of, you know, uh, trade. And I'm, you know, excited about him with Jameis, of course. And that 2019 possible 101 is obviously very exciting. But tight end premium OJ Howard is the main thing I wanted to get in there. Um, and also, I'm not winning this year. So uh, there's that. So we can start with Curtis. Um, you're familiar with the game. Drunk or not? Was I drunk or not? 
I think you were a little drunk. I think you were a little drunk because I, not drunk. Maybe you were just like a sip past buzzed. You know, this is basically a trade where I see it as two. You you sent or you got two seconds, two thirds, and a conditional maybe twenty twenty pick. I just don't think it's enough for Keenan. Yeah, Nathan, I I think you. Uh... I, I firmly believe I think you were like you were stroking photos of uh, of OJ Howard and <laughs> looking at him, uh, looking at him just like you're just looking at him fondly. You're like you're so athletic, you're so nice. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and you, I mean, and I think you were like nine or ten Merlots in probably. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, no, I, I think I think he's a I think he likes a dark bold wine is what I'm saying. He likes like he likes his men at dark. Bold tight end. <laughs> this uh, is the type of trade you make drinking box wine, though. <laughs> so, uh, I, I I fully believe that Nathan was under under the intoxication uh, and of both alcohol and OJ Howard to make this deal. OJ Howard is quite intoxicating. I will say that. Um, I think honestly, I think the condition is the giveaway here. Um, I think a lot of of uh, drunk or nots in the past that have had conditions. Uh, always seem to go one way and i i think nathan i believe you were sober at this point and you just were ready to give up because of how many times i pestered you about keenan allen dan is right on the money it this was a case of dan had pestered me so much i was like (laughs) you know what let's get a deal done i'm getting a deal done here and that was the case. It was 10 a.m. In, in the morning on Sunday, so I was not drunk uh, I, yet. <laughs> Communion wine. Communion wine. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in this uh, episode of Drunk or Not, it is a not. Um, I, I, I probably lose that trade short term, but I still think that there's a shot I can win it in the long term. Well, when you have when you have fifteen first round picks on your roster from the next two years, yeah, your twenty twenty team is going to be all right, I think. <laughs> yeah, until he trades those. Yeah. So, so uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up the show, um, Nathan. You have no shot at winning that trade at any given point along the way. <laughs> uh, and uh, I want to re- remind our our listeners to rate and review the podcast. Uh, we always appreciate five star reviews on iTunes. Um, so make sure you go and you rate uh, the Rotoviz Radio app, and then also our individual feed, the Dynasty Trade app, or Dynasty Trade uh, podcast uh, in the app as well. Um, so for Nathan, Dan, and myself, we want to say thank you to uh, to Curtis Patrick. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Uh, it was a ton of fun having you on. Drop in some numbers and actual analysis was impressive. Uh, so make sure you go follow Curtis at uh, C Patrick NFL on Twitter, uh, and he'll drop that knowledge. Uh, pretty much drops it consistently. So anything else you want to plug there, Curtis? Yeah, just uh, check out DynastyCommandCenter.com. Uh, it's a new kind of Dynasty consultation um, venture that Ryan McDowell and myself started up um, earlier this season. And, you know, it, it's for listeners that just want that extra ear or set of eyes on on trades and and look at your rosters, look at your leagues and and give you more than maybe you'd get from an analyst in, in the now 280 characters that they can respond to your questions with on Twitter. Um, we've also got some great analysis from Russell Clay, TJ Calkins, Tom Kislingberry, and Brian Malone. So check us out, dynastycommandcenter.com. Cool. By, by um, the way, uh, Curtis, uh, all three of us are waiting on the phone call for uh, I think when we're going to be a guest. Yeah, I think we should just have a Tradecast day on the Slack channel and, and we'll take it <laughs> That'd over. That'd actually be really fun. That'd be that. Well, it, it's it wouldn't be possible to moderate that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you, we got to get all you guys on there. It'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, well, if if, if you actually want good analysis, I'm not sure I'd recommend it. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't invite us. Yeah, that'd be bad. On, on that, make sure you go check it out. Uh, also, just to follow up on the trade that we did uh, at the beginning of this, we are at 75, 25. Uh, Henry is at 75 percent. P Ryan's at 25, but. Um, that's kind of how we saw this thing shaking out, which means 25% of people prefer Piran. So go shop your, uh, go shop your Pirons and, uh, and get what you can for them unless you're Dan. So, uh, for Dan, Nathan, Curtis, and myself, we will catch up with you guys next week. Take it easy.
Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com.